Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers, uh, be faithful fathers. Uh, the topic of the podcast here is Dad Standing Firm, and we're, we're dealing with a lot of noise that distracts dads and family as the year wraps up. So this discussion will be here to, in, to encourage dads to stay stand firm in what's important during this season. So in the studio with me is a dear friend, Pastor Vaughn Juan, founding pastor of Space City Church. Vaughn, thank you again for being here. Man, my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I, I know you're also a God guy and a husband and father. Now, uh, you and your bride have been married how many years? 16 wonderful years. 16 yes, wonderful sir. years. Fantastic. Well, that's a, that's a, a great milestone. It and, is. Uh, it is. Once we reach 15, we felt like we made it, you know, but <laughs> you, you come across guys that have been 50, 60 years, and it kind of humbles you a little bit, but well, uh, we're grateful for 16 I years. I think it says a lot more about resiliency of our brides than yes, it sir. does about we're our husbands. Putting husband up with us, huh? <laughs> putting up with us absolutely well i know that uh you're you're standing firm as a pastor and and uh uh for the congregation you know leading people through the noise of the season and what have you yes but i, I think as as men we always have to be reminded of who we are and whose we are right absolutely as we because we wear a lot of hats don't we we yeah. may play a, a tough guy hat at work or a, a nice guy hat on the on the in in the mall and right then, right uh, a competitor hat on the field and Come then on. and then a uh, you know dad hat at home but we aren't supposed to be changing all those hats are we so right right seamless as we as dads and uh what are your what are your thoughts on on dads uh, when you look at your heritage of your family mm -hmm. and the heritage of your bride's family how do those heritages uh uh, how do you translate that into the next generation wow. to pass that on? Yeah, you know, some people, you know, I heard a story that uh, two sons and uh, their father was an alcoholic. And one son said, uh, my dad was an alcoholic, so now I'm an alcoholic. And the other son said, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'll never be an alcoholic. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so you have these two takes. So my father, uh, for me, he was an engineer, traveled around the world, made good money, I had a lot of toys, I had the new Nintendo bikes, shoes, but he wasn't present, hmm. you know what I mean? So hmm. I grew up in a home where the father wasn't there. So for me, I took that and I said, you know what, if nothing else, I need to make sure that I am going to be available um, for my children. You know, I spelled love, T-I-M-E, and I know they spell love, T-I-M-E. So the main thing is just making sure basketball games, football games, uh, I'm there. Choir rehearsals, hmm. ballet recitals, I'm there. Hmm. And showing them it doesn't, what a man is, is taking care of your family. I looked at, you know, my son, and he's not chasing girls like I was, And but I thought about it. I grew up thinking that that's what a man was, that you had to conquer women, that you had to chase women. So that's why in my early teenage years, I was running around trying to do these things. And when I look at my son, I feel blessed that he recognized that, okay, what I see a man is, is a man that has a wife, one wife, you know, takes care of his family. So that's what I want to do is just show that greater side. My my uh, wife, similar situation, you know, her and her father didn't have the greatest relationship. Um, he wasn't in the home in her teenage years. So we both, and then her parents got divorced. My parents got a divorce. So we just made a decision. We're not going to get divorced. We're going to try to have the healthiest family we can. We're not going to say the D word right in the midst of arguments so if we're not, not seeing eye to eye we're going to work through it and give god the glory from it so that's the main thing i think is just we want to show our children what a godly relationship looks like because they're going to watch tv they're going to look at social media 
They're going to see these mega stars and influencers having these ups and downs, rocky relationships. And somebody told me one day, you can spend a lot of time trying to protect your kid and shelter them and try to pave this beautiful road for them, or you can raise them the right way, give them the right ideals, and prepare them for whatever road they might encounter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I believe I got that from you. So, <laughs> but that is, uh, that's the main thing is just preparing them. And my, it's just showing, I don't want to be uh, a finna Christian. And I tell a finna Christian, you know, finna get a job, finna go to school, finna get my life right. No, don't finna finish. Don't talk about it, be about it. So I truly believe actions speak louder than words. Don't talk about it, be about it. Yes, now, sir. That, uh, that, uh, that, that's, a, that's one for the, for the books right Come on, there. that'll <laughs> preach. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, a, a heritage is uh, defined as a, it's a tradition and characteristics that our, our parents pass on. Yeah. And, of course, we always have a, a choice. Do we embrace it or do we reject it? And then the other is uh, there are the circumstances that shape the generations before us. You know, right. my dad was a World War II vet. Okay. That was a whole different uh, set of circumstances right. that that generation had to face right. than, uh, than what I could even comprehend. So I, I applaud your intentionality because right. that's really what it takes, isn't it? To, to recognize your heritage, embrace what's good, mm-hmm. but uh, reject and, uh, and discard what yeah. is not going to be beneficial Absolutely. to what you see life as. Now, uh, I, I'm fascinated because I'm, I'm similar situation that uh, there are five divorces in our family, mm. and uh, my bride and I, I told her I didn't want to be the sixth. Yes. And uh, so let's commit to this. Now, uh, so what was the driving force? Was it just your determination yeah. or was there more of a spiritual component that said this marriage is important? Yeah, it was something that was missing for me. And mm-hmm. I just remember watching TV, you know, watching TV shows and just seeing, I don't know, it's not reality, but at the end of the day, there was a, a picture of what healthy was, what a mm-hmm. healthy home could be like. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that, and I, I thrived to have that. My wife wanted that, and she thrived to have that. You know, and when I look at, you know, you talk about legacy, uh, my grandfather had, you know, multiple children uh, on my mom's side, different, you know, baby mothers and things like that. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't go down the same route, mm. you know, and I thank God for a wonderful bride, you know, because I'm taking a lot of the credit for it, but, hey, man, it takes two to tango. It, it takes, you know, making sure that, you find the right person, and that's another thing. You know, I tell my kids a lot. I met your wife, and I went my your mom in high school. Um, you know, we dated. You know, I kind of showed them uh, that it's important that you find someone that has a godly, that has loves God, right? It starts with at the root. You could have a beautiful tree, but man, if the root's ugly, that's a problem, right? You're gonna you're gonna have some ugly fruit. So the main thing is them looking at how me and my wife came together. And hopefully they'll look for someone that they can have that common ground with and, and sure. start off there. Because if the if you can't come on the same page, what it talks about being equally yoked, mm-hmm. you know, find some, finding someone that you're equally yoked with, finding someone who loves God um, just as much as they love you, if not more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think those are the main things that I'm trying to show them. But it, uh, it sounds like you were similar to me, that there was really just a determination yeah. that you're not going to get. They're not yeah, gonna you, let you have to make a decision. You. Absolutely. You so know, you mean the I do when you say the I do. Because this is what I found out, you know, as I looked upon different relationships, it was never really about the couple. It seemed like the enemy was really trying to set up the kid. And he realized, hey, this kid's only three or four years old right now, but if I can get mommy and daddy to split while they're three or four, when that daughter becomes 16, 10 years later, growing up in this fatherless household, now she's going to be broken and beat up, right? So he's going to do what he can to, to destroy the, the home, 
base so that the kids are open for attack from the enemy. So we have to do everything we can to protect what we have because that's the foundation and the shield of the family. So I don't want that shield to be broken. And I love my children too much to allow myself to not put value in what the marriage means. Right, and and when you don't have the example growing up, of course, Romans five, uh, Romans eight fifteen says that we were given the spirit of sonship. Yes. Right. So by him we can cry out, Abba, Father. So yes. we can look to our Daddy, yes. our Heavenly Father, absolutely, to set to, to follow His standard. Yes, and sir. His standard was always in Scripture that uh, our marriage we're supposed to love our wives as Christ loves the church, right? Selflessly and sacrificially. So it becomes back to that whole. You know, I, that's what I found fascinating over the years of marriage, is that. Uh, while it may have been determination and self-fortitude and what have you, the Lord started working that in there to yes. say, you know, you are my example to the next generation. That's your beautiful. relationship in marriage is the closest thing to your relationship with me in the flesh. Yes. So honor that right. and bring a generation up underneath that. And I think that, that goes back to the, we kind of circling all the way back to thinking about entering into the Christmas season as we, think about the greatest gift of all time yes. they, that the Lord, the, our Heavenly Father, God, introduced His Son into this world. Yes. And uh, have you ever used that or, or, or focused on that when, in discussions in the family, in your, in your scripture time in family, to think about if it had not been for Christmas, mm. had not been for that immaculate conception, yes. that virgin birth, yes. uh, where would we be in relationship? Right. I think, you know, when you can let them know, look at how big a deal the world makes about Christmas, right? And it's not just in America, all across the world, right? And you can say it's a retail thing, but it's really not a retail thing, man. All over the world, people are celebrating this time. And if they're making such a big deal about it, it must be a big deal, right? And when we when we narrow it down and we say, hey, man, Jesus is the reason for the season, mm -hmm. right? And you get this. It's the easiest time for you to be an evangelist, really, right? It's the <laughs> easiest time for you to be the pastor of your home because you've got this virgin birth. You've got this immaculate conception. You have this amazing story. You drive down the road and you see these uh, the manger scene everywhere and you can explain to them how Jesus came into the world. He didn't come into the world in a, in a Lamborghini. He didn't come into the world prideful, right? The Bible said he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. He was born in a manger. You can explain to your children the blessing of humility, that humility precedes honor. Humility is the spirit that we carry as we walk with God. Mm -hmm. So I believe everything about giving gifts and the wise men coming and bearing gifts, all of these things, you see all the stories um, that show you characteristics of who God is calling us to be. And when you think about what you said, man, God is calling us to love our bride as Christ loved the church, right? Here's a perfect example of this life, how he walked blameless 33 years and then sacrificed himself for this church. So if I can't explain to my son his responsibility that it goes more than just your wedding day. I'm going to need you to um, not only do the manly things around the house, but it's going to mean uh, you washing some dishes and you ironing clothes and, and you doing these. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's church. Uh -huh. That's love. You know what I mean? Going past the uh, gender roles and saying, you know what, I'm going to love this woman wholeheartedly, right, unconditionally, that agape love 
that God has for us and Jesus had for us. And it's mm-hmm. unconditional. See, when love is conditional, that's what leads to divorce. Right. If she does this, if right. he did this. When you have to understand, it's unconditional, right? What you what you bring, I'm going to love, we're going to work through and take to the next level. And it's sacrifice, right? That's what Jesus was, sacrifice. And the Bible teaches us that obedience is better is even better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So what is God calling us to do? Love our wives as God loves the church. Mm-hmm. And as you're submitted, you know, you should want your wife to be submitted. And, and if you do live a submitted life, then you should uh, be blessed with a submitted wife. But the problem is most guys want a submitted wife, but they don't have a submitted life. Right? Go. So I want to make sure that my sons can see not only through my life, because faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if all I'm doing is giving them my opinion, even though my opinion lines up with the Word of God, it's not going to reach their spirit and the core of their heart like the Word of God. So I think that's what you're, what you're saying is, man, what a value in actually sitting down and reading the Scripture and showing them the Word of God and how He wants us to display what what a, a sign and a show of love that was. You know, right. even Joseph, I mean, as a man, to have a wife that's coming to you saying, I'm pregnant, um, and it's not yours. We haven't even got that far down the, the baseball diamond. You know what I mean? Um, what type of trust does a man have to have in God to know that his purpose in life is greater than his pride? You understand exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. He had to lay down his own pride and his own plans because I'm pretty sure he was he was ready to kick it to the curb. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he humbled himself and he allowed the will of God to happen, even when it was something that was unconventional, untraditional, and he trusted God's voice greater than a man's voice or a man's expectation. That's what life is about. Absolutely. Right? And that, the word of God that we're talking about, man, is really, uh, if you, as a family, find time, make time between now and Christmas to read uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter mm-hmm. 1, verse 26, yes. through chapter 2, verse 21. Yes. And that covers everything from the Immaculate Conception to to uh, yes. right before they leave to go back to Egypt. Right. So uh, uh, the, that's that's uh, my encouragement to you. And I I really want to emphasize that Immaculate Conception yes. because, you know, Jesus lived. Uh, you know, they, that's the one that always gets all those, oh, that, can that really be possible? Right, right. Well, it not only can be possible, but it had to be done to keep man's seed out of the birth of the son. Yes. So there you go, that uh, we had to have a sinless uh, birth. Yes, and, and spotless to live, Spotless to uh, live that sinless prophecy. life. Absolutely. So he had to come into the world under immaculate conception. Like you said, uh, Joseph was the first adoptive father. Yes, yeah, he was. <laughs> there we go. And he stepped in there in a powerful way. And, wow. uh, and certainly honored his father uh, through the through the journey. But uh, so uh, you know that whole dialogue, the actual Christmas story, mm-hmm. is in the Gospel of Luke. Yes. So uh, like you say, dads read that as a family and encourage dialogue around everything from the Immaculate Conception to the Virgin Birth to to the gifts, the joy, the yes. the uh, shepherds uh, sang about. And uh, and then their journey to get out of Bethlehem. Yes. So uh, that's uh, that's that's the reason for the season. Absolutely. Because the only way we have a relationship with the Father is because He introduced His Son into this world. Amen. All right. Well, Lord, uh, man, I just encourage you again to uh, be in the Word of God, share that Scripture, and. Uh, uh, 
take the take the actual Christmas story, not to belittle the, all the enthusiasm around uh, around Christmas because it is a big deal. There's right. a lot of energy, a lot of joy, the lights. You get into the Christmas season, but don't ever forget the reason for the season. Come on. That's the dad you called to be, and that's the dad the next generation. God's peace.